1: I say, but Teddy continues giggling. I don't remember what set him off, but he doesn't seem to hear me. Dude, shut up. I whisper, reaching out and hitting Teddy. Ah, what the hell, man? He says, the vape pen held forgotten by his side. Shh, listen. I say, someone's coming. Teddy's already scrunched facial features scrunch up even more as he dons a look of concentration and cocks his head to one side. I listen, too, holding my breath. My paranoia is in full swing, thanks to the THC doing its thing in my bloodstream. The night presses in on us. The only reason I can see Teddy is because he's standing two feet away, and my eyes have adjusted. We're standing under an old wooden footbridge out in the woods near our neighborhood. It's the middle of October, and cold here in the northeast. I can see my breath with each contraction of my lungs. The soft trickle of the water flowing past a few feet away is familiar, but it's not a comfort to me right now. All I can think about is the strange crunching from the woods. Dude, Teddy says. Did I tell you I thought I heard someone screaming on the way home? Just shut up for a second. Didn't you hear that? Relax, Trent. It's just a deer or something. You always get too paranoid whenever we vape. It's not your dad coming to get you for getting high, okay? I know it's not my dad, dumbass, I say. I don't know what it was, but it sounded big. So it was a big deer. What do they call them? A male deer, an elk? Teddy takes another lungful of vaporized THC. An elk is a completely different animal. You're thinking of a buck. Huh? You're going to give me a buck? Thanks, man. Teddy smiles, and I start laughing. (laughs) When I have myself together again, I check the time. Let's go. I say. I bet Alvin is already on, waiting for us. I turn to leave, but Teddy takes another puff, then shakes his head. Poor kid, with a name like Alvin. It's no wonder he's such a weirdo. Hey, I say. He's a good kid. He's just had a hard go of it. I know, I know, Teddy says, walking out from under the bridge. He's just a little weird. I mean, we're all a little weird, but man... That kid trips me out sometimes. I know what Teddy's talking about. Alvin is a pretty weird kid, but no one ever gave him a chance. He's a sophomore at our high school, while Teddy's a junior and I'm a senior. And even though Alvin is the right age for a sophomore, he looks a lot younger. He's small and skinny and always looks malnourished. Sometimes he misses school for days. I always figured he was sick or something, but I felt like it would be rude to ask. I felt bad for him, which was why I asked him if he played video games one day. He was just sitting alone in the cafeteria, waiting for school to start, and looking completely miserable. So I struck up a conversation with him. He told me he didn't have a system, and I said that was too bad. Pretty soon, the bell for first period rang, and we went our separate ways. At lunch that day, I told Teddy that I wanted to find a way to get the kid an Xbox One. It had been out for a couple of years, and I was confident I could get one for cheap. What's your obsession with this kid? Teddy asked. Just leave him alone. He's miserable, I said. Besides, it reminds me of me. Teddy looked at me over his soggy burger. You? Get the fuck out of here, he said running the words together like an Italian-American mobster. Remember what I looked like freshman year, I said. Remember how I got picked on all the time and didn't have any friends until I hit my growth spurt and started coming into my own? Teddy laughed at the memory. Yeah, dude, you were a little bitch. I was in eighth grade, and I could have kicked your ass back then. But, uh, by the way, you still don't have any friends. It's just me. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm gonna help the kid. He may never get a growth spurt like me, but at least he can have some fun during high school. Teddy chomped his burger. Whatever, dude, you're weird. You two deserve each other. You'll probably grow up to work for some weird charity or something. You say that like it's a bad thing, I said, but I knew Teddy was joking. That's just Teddy. I was working part-time at a movie theater and I had a friend who worked at GameStop So I got a pretty good deal on an Xbox One bundle with a headset and an Xbox Live subscription. I brought it over to Alvin's place after school one day. I didn't realize it until that day, but he lives right near me, barely two blocks away. So I helped him set it up and connect to Xbox Live and everything. That night, the three of us, Teddy, me, and Alvin, played Fortnite. As to be expected, Alvin wasn't very good but I could tell over the voice chat that he was having fun. Teddy got into it, joking around with Alvin. That was last school year, back when I was still a junior. Now we play almost every weeknight, usually after Teddy and I meet up and get high. Alvin doesn't know about that, even though weed is not really a big deal. I don't wanna be a bad influence on the kid. Besides, he is kind of creepy. I don't know how much I could handle being face to face with him while stoned. What are we playing tonight? Teddy says as we climb up the low slope next to the bridge. It's Thursday, I say, stepping onto the foot trail. Call of duty night. Oh, hell yeah, motherfucker. I'm gonna own you fools. We'll see about about. I stop, looking off into the woods. I saw a flash of color out there. What, what is it? Teddy asks, I point. That look like a shoe to you? I say. Teddy looks, squinting his eyes. That's a Jordan, he says after a moment. I think he's right. I can barely see the red Nike swoop along the side, just above the white sole. The shoe is tucked back in a tangle of branches and covered in a little bit of mud or something, but it certainly looks like an Air Jordan. Someone got their shit tossed out in the woods, Teddy says. Mezzin with the man's Jordans. That's cold-blooded," he pauses, standing up straight as something occurs to him. What if it's still attached to a foot? He says. I laugh, (laughs) looking back at the dark tangle of branches to refute his theory. But as I look closer, I see that the positioning of the shoe, upside down and canted at an angle away from us, could mean that there's still a foot in it, and a body lying hidden by the darkness and the branches. Teddy starts to make his way into the woods to investigate, when a branch snaps behind us. Both of us jump as we cry out with fear, turning around to see a guy from the neighborhood, Tony, (laughs) laughing his ass off with a broken branch in his hands. He's dressed in warm running gear, apparently out for a jog. He's in his 20s, home from college on a hiatus of some sort. He used to mess with us back when he was still in high school. I've never wanted anyone to have died in college more than you! Teddy says, alcohol poisoning, drug overdose, death by boredom, anything. You guys jumped like five feet in the air, he says, still laughing, struggling to catch his breath. You screamed like girls. You going to be living in your mom and dad's house for much longer, Anthony, I say. I'm sure they love having you around. Do your mom and dad know that you're out of the house getting high, Trenton, he says. Then he tosses the broken branch, laughs, laughs, and runs off continuing his jog. Teddy and I forget about the shoe and head back, muttering about Tony and insisting that he didn't really scare us. We split up as we get out of the woods to go to our respective houses. By the time I get home and get logged onto Xbox Live, I see that Alvin has invited me to a party. I join it, and a few minutes later, Teddy shows up. We play for about an hour, joking over our headsets and having a good time. Just as I get killed and have to wait a few seconds for a respawn, I hear a freaky voice over the headset. It's deep, garbled, and scratchy all at once. I can't understand the words it's speaking because it's no language I've ever heard. It almost sounds like a recording in English played in reverse with some weird effects added. It lasts for only a couple of seconds. Then Alvin's squeaky voice comes in, although faint, as if he's away from his headset. There's a place here. Alvin says. He pauses, and that garbled voice speaks again. Then Alvin says, Thank you. Yo. Teddy says, laughing. What the hell was that? Something weird is going on with someone's audio. What? Alvin says, his voice now loud and clear. He's put his headset back on. You good, Alvin? I ask. We just heard someone talking with a really weird voice. Huh? Oh, yeah. That's just my dad. He's sick right now. That's one hell of a cold, dude, Teddy says. Alvin doesn't respond, and we're all sucked back into the game. After another hour or so, I sign off and go to bed. I'm walking into school the next day when I notice that there's a police car in the faculty lot. This is not a completely uncommon occurrence. Victoryville may be a small town, but that doesn't mean that the high schoolers stay out of trouble. So I shrug this off until I get into the cafeteria, where everyone hangs out until first bell. Dude, Teddy says, running up to me excited. Word on the street is Ben Shankman is missing. He didn't come home last night. So? That asshole's probably over in Emory robbing a convenience store or something. Ben Shankman is one of the school troublemakers. He's a senior, but he has the demeanor of a ten-year-old who acts out when he doesn't get what he wants. He's always been a bully, and it wouldn't surprise me to learn he's been arrested, or had the shit beat out of him after messing with the wrong person. Dude, Teddy says, remember last night? The Air Jordan we saw off the trail in the woods? Doesn't Shankman wear Jordans? Hell if I know, I say. I don't pay attention to anyone's shoes. You'd make a terrible detective. I can't believe we're friends, Teddy says, laying on the sarcasm. I didn't know detective skills were one of your prerequisites for friendship. Teddy ignores this. I pay attention to things, he says. I know that Shankman wears Air Jordans. And I know that he would have put up one hell of a fight before someone took them off him. You're making connections where there are none, Teddy. I bet there's a hundred people who wear Jordans at this school. They're not exactly underground. No, I'm telling you, man. That shoe belonged to Shankman. I can feel it. The game is a foot. Get it? A foot. Because it's a shoe? Oh, I get it, I say, throwing sarcasm right back at him. So why don't you go tell the cops about it? They're in the front office right now. Oh, sure. And tell them what? That me and my good friend Trent were out getting high under the footbridge? Weed may be legal in this state, but not until you're 21. My dad would kill me if he knew I was sneaking out to get high. I roll my eyes. Catching a glimpse of Alvin walking into the cafeteria, I wave a hand at him and he looks over and smiles. That's new. I hardly ever see him smile at school, but there's something else different about him too. I just can't place it. Teddy sees me wave and turns to look and does a double take. He notices something different about the kid too. And as Alvin gets closer, I see what it is. He actually looks healthy. Well healthy compared to how he normally looks. So he still looks sickly compared to most people, but it seems like he's getting better. He exudes more energy. His eyes are slightly brighter. Did you take some vitamin E this morning or something? Teddy says. You mean vitamin B? I say. Alvin smiles. No, I didn't take either. I just feel good today, that's all. Teddy nods approvingly. Good, he says. I bet this will make you feel even better. Ben Shankman is missing. Really? Alvin says. I bet he's just skipping school. Doesn't he do that a lot? Sure. Teddy says. The guy's a regular high school dropout in the making. But he didn't come home last night. That's the big thing. Apparently, he always comes home. Otherwise, he gets a beating from his mom when he does finally show up. Teddy chuckles at this. You ever had a run-in with him? I ask Alvin. He shrugs. Sure, like all the little guys in school. He has picked on me a couple of times, not for a while now though. I notice that Teddy looks confused at this statement. He's about to say something, but the bell rings. We all head our separate ways for first period. Since I don't have as many classes as the other guys, I always get out of school earlier than them. It's just after one in the afternoon when I leave the campus and start my walk home which is just over a mile, provided I take the quick route through the woods. It's cloudy and chilly enough to warrant a light jacket. The October wind brings with it the smell of autumn, decomposing leaves, moist earth, and a hint of chimney smoke. I crunch through fallen leaves and check out the Halloween decorations on the houses I pass. As I cut through the woods, I decide I'll stop and see if the shoe is still there. If it is, I'll call it in saying that I spotted it on my way home and leaving out the whole thing about seeing it last night. I cross over the footbridge, the stream burbling away underneath. Once I'm over, I look to my right, scanning the woods for the flash of red that I saw last night, but I can't find it. I walk back and forth across the area, changing my angle to see if it's there. The cloud cover doesn't help, making the ground fairly dark. Finally. I think I spotted the area where it was. It's a small tree that fell down long ago, and its barren branches are sticking up at the base of two other trees. I'm almost certain it's where the shoe was. Stepping off the trail, I work my way through the underbrush, moving right and left to get around bushes and other fallen trees and branches. When I'm about halfway to the spot, something big moves in the woods, cracking branches ahead of me. freeze, peering toward where the sound came from. I don't see anything. After several long seconds of silence, I move forward again. There's movement about 30 yards ahead and to my right, toward where the stream is. I freeze again, looking that way through the woods. I see something moving, but I only catch a glimpse of it before it disappears from view. It's gray and black, and it looks big and kind of… bony but this is the best I can do with a half-second glimpse I get. I think maybe it's a sick deer or an elk. Sometimes elk have blackish fur in places, and it wouldn't be unheard of to see an elk in these woods. Either way, I'm thoroughly freaked. So I move back out to the trail and go home. I get my homework done and write a blog article for a client online, thankful that I no longer work for minimum wage at the movie theater. I'm not making much more than minimum wage writing, at least not yet, but I can do it from home and only take as much work as I want. Two big benefits.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda.
1: After dinner, I say goodnight to my parents. A short time later, I get a text from Teddy. He wants to meet at the bridge in 20 minutes to get high. I call him. Can we vape somewhere else? I ask by way of greeting. Why? Teddy says. What's wrong with our usual spot? I don't know, I say. I saw something in the woods this afternoon. Ooh, was it a monster? I bet it was the same one that got Shankman. You're joking but what I saw didn't look like any animal I've ever seen. It was big, Teddy. Like, bigger than a man. There are a ton of animals bigger than a man around here, Teddy says. But if you want to meet somewhere else, I'm game. Where? How about Chalmers Park? Dude, you know the cops roll by that park on the reg. The best place is the bridge. The cops have to get out of their car to go there, and they're too lazy for that shit. All right, fine. I say, let's just make it quick. I'm constantly glancing around on the walk to the bridge and then at the bridge. I'm not the only one. I can tell that Teddy is a little freaked because he's not so quick with the jokes. We vape and then get the hell out of there, not seeing anything out of the ordinary. No strange things off in the woods, no errant shoes or other articles of clothing and no neighborhood douches scaring us half to death. We split up when we get out of the woods, like we always do, and agree to get on Xbox Live when we get home. As I'm walking home, I hear a faint scream off in the distance toward the woods. I turn and look back, although the sound was so far away that there's essentially no chance of me seeing who it came from or what caused it. Still, it gives me the creeps, and the misty clouds skating by under the moon gives the neighborhood an even creepier vibe I hurry home and make sure to lock the door. Then I head to my room and fire up my Xbox. I join the party Alvin has created and I'm about to start playing when my phone vibrates. It's Teddy. Dude, did you hear that scream? The text says. Yeah, what the hell was that? I message back. What do you wanna bet another student is missing tomorrow? He messages. I don't answer. I don't wanna think about it. Pretty soon, The three of us are all playing, concentrating on the game. But once again, we start hearing strange things coming over the headphones. This time it starts with thumping, like someone slowly banging on the walls. I know it's coming from Alvin's end, but I ask Teddy if it's coming from his. Nope. Teddy says over the headset. Must be Alvin. Everything good there, little man? Alvin doesn't answer, but I can hear him breathing player is just standing in the spawn area in the game. The sound of his breathing increases as the thumping sound gets louder and quicker. Then the thumping stops and Alvin's breathing goes back to normal. Alvin, I say, everything good over there? What? He says, we heard some thumping, you okay? Yeah, fine, it's just my dad, he's working on the house. The strange garbled talking comes over the line, the nonsense words giving me chills. Oh, sorry guys, Alvin says. I gotta go, might be back on later. What the hell was that? Teddy says once Alvin is offline. That's not his dad, I know that. I think of something to say, but nothing comes to mind. I'm wondering the same thing. What the hell is going on at Alvin's house? You there, Trent? yeah maybe it's just something interfering with the audio garbling his dad's voice up or something you know no i don't know i've been playing online for years and have never heard anything even remotely close to that well i don't know what to tell you i say remember at school today when alvin said ben shankman hadn't messed with him in a while teddy asks sure i say well he was lying I had to keep Shankman from beating up on him between third and fourth period on Tuesday. So maybe he forgot about it, I say. He was near to tears, Teddy says. I doubt he forgot about it, he was lying. There's silence over the line. We've completely forgotten about the game, but I think I know what comes next. I'm going over there, Teddy says, proving me right. No, man, I say, just let the kid be. It's probably nothing. If it's nothing, then it won't do any harm to look. You coming? Damn it, I say. Fine, meet me at Aspen and Sage in 10 minutes. I'll be there, Teddy says. Now that it's later, it's even creepier than before in the neighborhood. The clouds are no longer moving though. They're just sitting heavy, low in the sky, barely allowing any moonlight through. The streets are empty of people and the Halloween decorations are decidedly sinister looking. Even the ones that are supposed to be cute and funny strike me as malicious. Teddy and I meet up and then walk over to Alvin Street without saying so much as a word. We turn down his street, slowing as we approach his house. It's a two-story structure near the end of a cul-de-sac, tucked away behind a couple of large oak trees. It's dark blue with black trim, and there's no porch light on leaving the front of the house in darkness. Teddy and I stand out front and look at the dark structure that seems to loom behind the gnarled and barren oak trees. I never realized it before, but his house backs up to the woods. We can just go home, I say. Teddy looks at me. For a moment, I think he's going to agree. It looks like he wants to, but then he forces a smile. Ah, come on, we came all the way here. Let's just check it out. I look around the cul-de-sac and then back at Teddy. I nod. We start across the lawn, but realize that we're making all kinds of noise thanks to all the fallen oak leaves we're stomping on. So we move back to the sidewalk and over to the driveway, which still has leaves on it, but not as many. We pick our way down it to the stone walkway that leads to the front porch. I realize there's a figure sitting on the front porch swing when we're about halfway down the walkway. I reach a hand out and grab Teddy, pointing at the figure with my other hand. Fear constricts my throat and no sounds escape, although I'm trying to talk. Teddy looks at the thing and then at me. He smiles. Dude, it's a dummy, Teddy whispers. Like a scarecrow, remember it's October? I look back at the figure, but it's too dark to see whether he's right. It certainly looks like it's slumped down in the seat though, just like a dummy would be. We walk up to the porch steps. Teddy moves slowly up to the figure that I can see is wearing a wide straw hat, cocked down over its face, if it has a face. Teddy reaches for the hat, and I half expect him to lift it and uncover a dead body, maybe Alvin's dad. He lifts it, only to reveal a blank burlap head. It really is only a dummy. There are some other Halloween decorations on the porch, which Teddy deftly avoids in order to look in the windows. I can't see anything, he says. Curtains are drawn, let's go around back. He moves down the stairs and starts around the back. I follow, sticking my cold hands in my jean pockets. Eyeing the woods as we get to the backyard, I immediately feel like something is wrong. Maybe it's the broken branches littering the grass at the edge of the lawn, or maybe it's the twin drag marks through the fallen leaves, leading from the woods up toward the house. There's a ground floor window at the back of the house that I know belongs to Alvin's room. A soft glow emanates from this window, leaving no doubt that the curtains are open. Teddy and I walk up to it and peer in. Alvin sits hunched over a large bowl filled with raw meat only there's not just raw meat in there. Mixed in with the bloody flesh are little pitch black orbs that look more like the absence of anything than actual objects. As Teddy and I watch, Alvin grabs a handful of this stuff and shoves it in his mouth, chewing it with a pleased look on his face. The partially open door to Alvin's room swings open, revealing a gray-skinned monster with long, skinny legs and arms. It walks on all fours because it's clearly too big to stand up in the room It has a long, beak-like face and large black eyes that look like bigger versions of the orbs in the bowl of meat. The thing's torso is wide and angular, its spinal segments protruding from its black-like spikes, and it has thick black hair on its skull and down its neck. This must be what I saw in the woods. It's carrying a severed arm in one hand, a teenager's arm, it looks like. At first, I think it's going to kill Alvin, but it stops next to him, and sits down on its legs. Then it opens its beak-like mouth and puts the severed arm in, hand first. The creature gulps the arm down without seeming to chew. It sits there, convulsing slightly as Alvin finishes up the contents of the bowl. The creature then doubles over and starts slamming its head into the floor, slowly at first and then faster. Its arms are wrapped around its stomach and it continues to hit its head on the floor I realize it's the same sound we heard over the Xbox Live connection. Alvin watches this with growing agitation. It's as if he doesn't want the creature to hurt itself. The banging comes to a crescendo and suddenly stops, at which point the creature lifts its head and pukes into the large bowl. The vomit is ground meat with those strange black orbs. Teddy and I have been watching this, enthralled and speechless. But as Alvin starts in again on the contents of the bowl, Teddy whispers, are we seeing the same thing here? We crouch down below the window and look at each other. Teddy's face is pale and his hands are shaking as he reaches over and grabs my shoulders. What is that thing? He says, madness in his eyes. I don't know, I say, the words sound hollow. The simple statement isn't nearly enough to express the true nature of what I'm feeling. That strange, deep warbling noise starts up inside the house. I know I should run. I know I should do anything but look inside the window. But for some reason, it's all I can do. I start to stand up, but Teddy pleads with me not to. Don't do it, he says, gripping my shoulders. Ignoring him, I stand up. Teddy doesn't fight me like I know he could. Instead, he stands up with me. We both look through the window. There's another creature there in the room, identical to the first one, but missing the black hair. Its long and bony fingers rest on Alvin's head. Its mouth is opened and strange sounds continue to emanate from its throat. The other creature stands crouched nearby, watching. Suddenly, the noise stops and the second creature looks up at us. Before we can react, it launches itself at the window. Teddy and I manage to duck just as it smashes through, showering us with glass. Teddy takes off, screaming, running toward the front of the house. I'm frozen in place, crouching under the broken window, watching as the creature bounds after my friend. It catches up to Teddy with ease, picking him up and slamming him down on the ground. Teddy stops screaming, but I take it up, shouting for the creature to stop just before a long and powerful hand reaches through the window and grabs me. The creature looming over Teddy, who is face up on the ground, jams its long fingers into his stomach, impaling him. It pulls them out, dripping with blood, and then jams them back in again. I can see Teddy's eyes. They're wide with fear and pain. His mouth is open in a wretched, silent scream. Teddy watches as the creature pulls a giant fistful of his intestines out, He reaches for them in a vain attempt to put them back where they belong. But blood soon comes pouring out of his mouth and his head falls back onto the grass. I'm squirming in the hand of the other creature as it pulls me in through the window and slams me onto the floor. Alvin sees that it's me and shouts for the creature to stop. Only creature isn't the word he uses. Please mom, stop, he's my friend. Alvin says in his squeaky voice. The creature looks down at me with its black as space eyes and then back at Alvin. I hear a door open in the house and I hope that it's the police or someone coming to save me, someone who heard the screaming. These aren't your parents, Alvin, I say to him. Yes, they are, Alvin says. You don't know, Trent. You don't know what they've done to save me. They're not always like this, I swear. It's just, this is the only way. The creature Alvin called mom is still looking between the two of us, holding me to the floor with one hand. What are you talking about? I say hysterically, nearly bawling. They just killed Teddy. They killed him. What? Alvin says, his eyes growing shiny with tears. They did? As if on cue, the other creature comes into view out in the hallway, dragging Teddy behind him and dumping him outside the doorway. No! Alvin screams at the sight of Teddy, his entrails strung out behind him blood staining the floor. I look away, unable to bear the sight of Teddy's wide eyes and open mouth. What did you do, Dad? He was my friend! Alvin sobs. After a long moment, Alvin turns to me. I don't know how it happened, he says. They wouldn't give me details. Nothing the doctors did was working. I was dying. And my parents, they tried everything. Everything that science offered but then they turn to something else, whatever this is," he says, gesturing at the two creatures who are now both looking at him. That's why you look so good today? You're getting better? It's working, Alvin says, tears still streaming down his cheeks. But they're killing people to do it, I say. Ben Shankman and someone else earlier tonight, and now Teddy. I didn't ask them to do it, Alvin says, screaming. But I was going to die. They had to do something. How long do they have to keep it up, Alvin? I ask, screaming right back at him. How long do you have to keep eating that stuff? Once a month? Once a year? How many people, Alvin? Alvin wipes his eyes and looks me full in the face. His skin is no longer sallow, and he looks vibrant, like a teenager should. He looks like he's coming into his own, like me with a growth spurt. How long? He says. I'll tell you how long, Trent. He pauses, looking up at the creature that was once his bomb. He gives her a nod, and then he looks back down at me. As long as it takes. My eyes go wide as the creature turns her black gaze to me. There's no point in screaming or fighting, but I'd do it anyway. i do it as long as I can. It isn't very long.